1: This is the
0: Canty and Carlin podcast. Man, hearing it for a
2: second time here on Canty Mm -hmm. and Carlin on ESPN radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM channel 80. Just still feel for Chris Canty because he was just all kinds of turned around.
3: Yeah, he he was struggling with that one. And just the whole Russ, his whole vibe, right? Like earlier, somebody said, let Dre cook. I'm like, did... Russ destroy the let Russ cook. You know what I'm saying the, 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 uh, the, that phrase. Do you want to be associated with it right now? You know
2: I'm not going to let him steal that from us. <laughs> I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna let the bad man take the good thing <laughs> from us. We are uh, yes. presented by Progressive Insurance at Professor Driz on Twitter for Dre at Randy Scott ESPN for me and join the conversation on the CC call in line eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. 3776. That's where we find Mark Zinno of ESPN Radio and 929 The Game in the ATL at Mark Zinno. Two ends uh, there for Mark. Mark, thanks for the time. I-, I can't imagine. Listen, like we're so far removed from Atlanta. I- I'm a Braves fan. I don't really feel any which way about the Falcons. I am so excited about John Robinson's debut tonight. What's the vibe around Atlanta about this guy that, I mean, has to carry so much hope for this franchise?
4: You know, for a position that's been so, you know, maligned as of late and for a position that didn't see a lot of value, there's not a Falcons fan out there who isn't excited at all about what B. John Robinson is ready to do in the NFL as the eighth overall pick. I mean, guys, look, simply he is that dude. He is simply that guy. I mean, you can watch him in practice, and I would say right now, one of his best attributes is his ability to catch the ball to the backfield, but there might be only five or six linebackers in the league who can cover him out of the backfield. He is that good. He puts his foot in the dirt, and when he spins and moves in a different direction, everybody's knees buckle. Like Nobody knows where he's going next other than him. He is that dude. He is going to create so many mismatch problems. He is such a playmaker, and he is such a difference maker for this team that we've only begun, I think, to scratch the surface of really what this offense is capable of with P. John Robinson in it.
3: So, Mark, um, Atlanta will always be my second home because I went to college at Georgia Tech. So I pay attention to what's going on in Atlanta. And the excitement I hear in your voice when you're talking about B. John Robinson, I remember hearing that same excitement not that long ago about Kyle Pitts. And so I got a question the other day, Fantasy, would you take Kyle Pitts or George Kittle? My question is, what are you expecting from Kyle Pitts this year? Is he going to be back to what he showed us his rookie season?
4: Well, it depends on what your definition of back is. If you're a fantasy person, you're asking for a 1,000-yard season. I tell you, it probably is not likely. Okay. And that's only because, not because of ability, because of what he can do from a, from a matchup perspective. That's just because there's so many weapons in this offense, and there's so many different things that they can do. After B. John Robinson, you still have 1,000-yard rusher. in line You still have Drake London. You still have uh, uh, John O. Smith, another tight end there. You know, Michael Pruitt. I mean, they have weapons galore to play with in Arthur Smith's offense. So while Kyle Pitts, I think, is, is still going to be able, as long as he's helping, be able to return to a dynamic tight end that's hard to cover and will create mismatch problems, I can't guarantee he's going to put up 1,000 yards because there's plenty other places for the football to go. So I think it's just a matter of Kyle Pitts being a part of an offense that's probably underrated at this point and is going to do more than most people think.
2: We're talking with Mark Zeno of ESPN Radio in 92.9, the game in Atlanta. Uh, about the Falcons, to be sure, I do, What can I get one more on the Falcons? Just the, the Desmond Ritter, the Desmond Ritter discourse has, has been interesting because I, cause I feel like people from the outside thought, all right, Atlanta's going to be active in either drafting a quarterback, uh, trading for a quarterback, and then it seems like they're more than confident in what Ritter does. What does he do? Why are they so willing to keep him in that role for this season?
4: Well, I think they believe in his talent and his fit in the scheme for Arthur Smith. But remember, guys, you know, this is a Falcons team last year that was involved in like 12 one-score games, whether they won or lost. They were in every single – they were in a lot of games last year. They only had two games where they either won by more than two scores or lost by more than two scores. So they don't get blown out often. They don't blow anybody out. That said, if you're using what Marcus Mariota did last year and you kind of recognize how bad he was – it's not like Desmond Ritter hasn't necessarily a high bar to clear to be able to improve this offense. He doesn't have to be Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Heck, he doesn't have to be Kirk Cousins to be able to improve this offense. He's just got to be marginally better than, with Des- than what Marcus Mariota was last year. And Desmond Ritter automatically makes this offense better. So I think the other part of this is that they've given him every single weapon he needs to succeed. Right I mean, look, mm-hmm. Arthur Smith has turned this offensive line into one that can run block. Now pass blocking might be a little bit of a different scenario, but I feel confident that Arthur Smith can scheme around that. But again, he's got a running back, he's got a tight end, he's got a wide out, he's got slot receivers. I mean he has everything he needs to be successful. It's not like this offense is void of something that, you know, a, a young quarterback, in this case, really in reality, a rookie quarterback at Desmond Ritter, would need to get a good start to his career.
3: Okay. All right. So if we now step a little bit outside of Atlanta and look at the NFL as a whole, we've been debating which NFL division winner from last year is least likely to repeat this season. And my answer hit kind of close to home for you and your division. But uh, my question to you is, do you agree or which division winner do you think is most likely to not repeat?
4: Well, if you've paid attention for the last, I don't know, two decades, it's obviously the NFC East, right? They haven't already <laughs> no, had the yeah, winners yeah, since 2003, true. 2004. Yeah, so by all fair. accounts, the Cowboys are probably going to win the division this year, and the <laughs> Eagles are not. I mean, that's, you know, that's that's the simple answer. I don't think you have to complicate it any more than that. I mean, I would argue, too, I mean, outside of, you know, the NFC South having a chance to flip over, I think the AFC South. I, I think people are undervaluing the Titans. I know their offensive line is struggling, and they're not where they need to be, and they were dead last in the league last year. But that was a team that was beyond injured. I think they put like 30-plus guys on IR at one point last year. And remember, it took the Jaguars to week 18 in a game where the Titans started Joshua Dobbs that the Jaguars barely won to win that division. I don't think the gap between the Jaguars and the Titans is as big as people want it to be or think it's going to be. Um, I'm not as high on the Jaguars as other people are. I think the Titans can easily win that division.
2: Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. We, I mean, we both, easily. both kind of felt like the Bills are in the conversation. Maybe the Vikings are in the conversation. Oh, just be come beautiful. on, guys.
4: I, I have to give love to the Buffalo. Like, that's the <laughs> other thing. The, the gap between the Titans and and Jaguars is a lot smaller than people think. The gap between the Bills and the Jets and everybody else is so much bigger than people are giving it credit for. Even but the Jets? you're buying into so much hard knocks hype and, and Aaron Rodgers hype, the Bills are one of the two or three best teams in football. And while the Jets are improved and they're better, they're nowhere in the same category as the Bills.
2: Josh Allen's, uh, I don't want to say carelessness, but uh, you know, generosity with the football doesn't concern you, though?
4: No. Why? Because if you're going to tell me that my quarterback's going to go throw 14 interceptions and still win 13 games, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take it every single time. Because guess what? You can count on JPP's right hand the number of teams that are going to win 13 games this year. That's it. So
1: I, I don't oh think you God. need to complicate it anymore. Say it, any it with your chest. Oh, my God. <laughs> well,
2: JPP's JPP, right hand. Right hand. Oh, we've had some we've had some zingers today from the phones, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So then we'll get you out on this because you mentioned the NFC East here. As we're talking to Mark VSP and Radio, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Are the Cowboys closer to the Eagles or to the Giants and Commanders in the NFC East, i.e., closer to catching the division winner from a year ago or closer to being an also-ran?
4: I want to believe that they're closer to the Eagles. I have a ton of questions and a ton of reservations, obviously, about Mike McCarthy. But here's the thing, and here's why. I mean, how much regression are the Eagles really trying for? Is their defense going to get seventy-seven-zero sacks again this year? Like, that's a really hard thing to duplicate in back-to-back years. Like, I don't know if we're giving enough credit to how good the Eagles' defense was last year. Like, we're so focused on Jalen Hurts and the offense and everything else. But, you know, if they take a step back defensively, does that mean the Cowboys take a step forward because their defense can produce what they did last year? And their offensive, Dak, is helping, should be better for 17 games than it was. So I want to say that the Cowboys are closer to the Eagles than the Giants and the Commanders. But still, there's so much that hinges on the head coach here, Mike McCarthy, making good decisions in close games in the final five, three, two minutes that are going to either help this team win a game or cost the team a game that ultimately are going to you know decide whether they're closer or not. So I think they're closer, but I can't say with 100 percent certainty.
2: Okay, all right. I'm, I'm cur- you know I got I got one about a rookie. I got a question about a rookie quarterback who's not really a rookie, although by all you know accounts I mean like okay Sam Howell gets named week one QB one here for Washington Mark and I I, you know yeah he starts one game at the end of last season I guess that's a Mahomesian model but why are they so confident why if you're Ron Rivera are you confident out of desperation or are you actually confident in Sam Howell to lead this football team
4: well I think you're confident Sam Howell because you have a very good roster the other 52 guys Mm. are actually pretty good I mean, let's look, one, that's a, one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. And in a league where they're they blow the ball nonstop, having that level of pass defense is good. If you get Chase Young back to what he was two years ago and some semblance of a pass rush, then they're going to be an incredibly tough team to stop and they're going to help out their quarterback. But much like Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, Sam Howell pretty much has everything he needs offensively. Not Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. Jahan Dotson, who might be one of the more underrated speedsters and underrated wide receivers in this league, is going to take the top off any defense. Not to mention Terry McLaurin, all the other receivers that they have, tight ends. I mean, you know, this is not a roster that is devoid of talent. I think Ron Rivera, a coach, is quite suspect. And I think that if they can get to the quarterback and their defense is good enough, things start to fall in place for Sam Howell a lot more than the people are crediting. Because what's the formula, guys, right? If you're going to have a young quarterback like this on rookie contract who isn't all that great, make the other 52 guys around him really, really good, then you make his job a hell of a lot easier. There's a lot less pressure on him to have to win games when the other 52 guys are helping him win games.
2: All right, Mark Sano, we appreciate it, man. You giving us uh, a line that I I wish we could say, we could clip it off and run it back. We might not do that. Yeah, (laughs) might not. But still, you can count on the no, You can count on JPP's right hand. The number of teams that are going to do that, win 13 games. Mark, we appreciate it. Here's to a good game, and here's to everything you said about Bijan Robinson coming true over the course of 17 games this season.
4: Amen. Thanks so
2: Appreciate you, Mark. Again, that's Mark Zinno, 92.9, the game in the ATL. You can also find him on ESPN Radio in Atlanta. It's at Mark Zinno, two ends in Zinno. This weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. The ceiling is the roof. Oh, why does that music just feel more NFC than AFC? maybe when this came
3: out, the NFC was kind of the king, but now it's like the NFC is, and Dak Prescott's where it's the little brother, so I don't know, maybe the AFC is coming for the song too,
2: that's for the crown. I feel feel like the temperature drop when I hear that song. It feels like cold weather football. Okay, I can see that. Am I crazy with that? Green Bay, snow. Yeah. yeah. NFC, although it gets plain cold in Cincinnati. It does. Pittsburgh and and the whatnot. All right, ceiling is the roof. What's the ceiling and what's the floor for these NFC teams? Shannon, take it away. All
5: right, well, since you mentioned it, let's go cold. We're going to go really cold. Oh, Chicago Bears, Dre. What's the ceiling for the
3: Bears? What's the floor for the Chicago Bears? So, I don't know if this is a hot take. I think the ceiling for the Bears is winning the division and – hosting a playoffs game, maybe winning a playoff game. Mm -hmm. They had the worst record in the NFL last season, but I really like the potential upside of Justin Fields this year. I felt like if he's able to make the type of, Leap as a passer that I think he can make because people forget he was a passer at Ohio State. He wasn't known as a runner. And so if he can make that type of, of, of step this year, I think they could be formidable. Their floor, I mean, they won three games last year. So their floor has to still be in that range because we've seen not too long ago, uh, what, what, how bad it can get.
2: I listen whatever they are whether it's floor or ceiling they're going to be entertaining yes. they're going to be it's going to be watchable football which was not always the case last season and it certainly wasn't always the case the season before their ceiling is a double digit win team yeah. yeah yeah their ceiling is potentially Potentially winning that division. And, and I say that because I'm so convinced Minnesota comes back to the pack. So I think that division's a little up for grabs. And would you, you know, fall over in your chair if Detroit spit the bit and, and didn't live up to expectations? Probably not. Right. right? So I, I think that's the ceiling. I, I think the floor, unfortunately, could. You know, it could be another like maybe five win season, so it's a two win improvement. Yeah. But it's still watchable football. So I think you'll take it out of the way. I think it's a good year to be a, a Bears fan, Shannon.
5: The ceiling is the roof. All right, the next team here, my New York Giants. Randy, what's the
2: ceiling and what's the floor for the Giants this year? I think the ceiling. I think the ceiling is winning that division. Wow! I think the ceiling is winning the division. I think Darren Waller is going to have a uh, an All Pro season. I I do. I think it's a talented position around the National Football League. I think Daniel Jones is going to use him potentially as a security blanket crutch. And I think having a viable receiving option in that offense, not named Saquon Barkley, I think is going to carry a lot of weight. If that offense improves, the defense was fine last year, that's the ceiling. If we believe Bill Barnwell, that the Eagles have this Achilles heel. I think the floor is pretty bad. I I, I do. I think the floor is maybe some uh, regression from Daniel Jones. Maybe Saquon uh, has some uh if he injury report absences and then suddenly you're talking about like a six win team yeah. and Sunday night football matchups that don't make any sense because they keep getting Sunday Sunday night football games and we're stuck <laughs> watching it. So, I think that is uh that's the floor. What about you?
3: So, for me, I kind of feel like the Giants have the smallest difference between the ceiling and the floor of any of the teams we've talked about because I don't think they have the upside to really compete with what I expect the Eagles or the Cowboys to be. So I feel like their upside is maybe wild card playoffs like last year. But on the flip side their downside, you know, we we again, injuries anything could happen. Mm-hmm. But I think the team that I expect them to be I think they kind of have a relatively high floor, too. So I might would say that that I expect them to be between somewhere between 7 and 10 wins. And I don't know that they go very far beyond that in either direction.
2: All right, Shannon, what's next?
5: All right, the next team here. The ceiling is the roof. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> All right, next team here for you, Dre, the Green Bay Packers. What's the ceiling? What's the roof for Jordan Love & Company in Green Bay?
3: So the ceiling, to Randy's point, the NFC North could be wide open. I'm a little higher on the Vikings than he is. But I I guess you would say the ceiling, if everything goes perfectly with Jordan Love, is to win the division. I've heard people opine a lot that the Packers have the best team outside of the quarterback division in the division. So if Love is able to come in and follow in the – Aaron Rodgers blueprint and be even a productive. He doesn't have to be a star. I think the ceiling is maybe to win the division, make the playoffs. The floor, if he's not that, then you know the floor can fall out really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I would say three or four wins is on the table if if things go really bad in Green Bay.
2: I have less confidence in him being that than I do confidence in him being yeah. that. If that makes sense, like he's not that dude. Okay, he has yeah. given us us the casual to semi-professional football fan. Like, he's given us nothing to think that he is ready to assume the mantle and take over for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But he doesn't have to convince us at this point. No, he he has to convince everybody there on Lombardi Way. So I think the floor is drastically low. I think the floor is more likely than the ceiling, mm-hmm. and that is the last place team in this division, possibly by a wide margin. The ceiling... Could be a playoff team. But to me, it's a low ceiling. To yeah. me, it's a it's a New England basement ceiling. It's a nine-foot <laughs> ceiling. You know, not not a nine-foot ceiling. It's a nine-win team. And yeah. that, that and that as a ceiling is is not as low as one of these teams that we have coming up, but it's still pretty low.
6: The ceiling
5: is the roof. All right, next team on the list here, Randy, the San Francisco 49ers. You got to get your quarterback first, and then you got to identify your ceiling and your floor. What say you, Randy? Oh, for the
2: 49ers, it's Brock Purdy, and the ceiling is the Super Bowl champion. That's it. I mean, that's it that i that is their their system is unassailable what Kyle Shanahan does with offense should be printed out and just hung in the Louvre by how, by how many sheets of paper, reams of paper you need. The floor, though, is Brock Purdy getting hurt because he's playing with a surgically reconstructed UCL. Mm-hmm. And we get the Trey Lance experience or the Sam Darnold experience. And those guys somehow become the first quarterbacks to not succeed in this system. And then we're talking about a five win team. So I, and, and, or, or an injury to Christian McCaffrey, you know? Right. Let's, there are things that we can't foresee, but that would be the floor for the Niners.
3: Yeah. I see what, with maybe the unintentional uh, face off movie reference, with that should be hung in the (laughs) Louvre, But, um,
2: yeah, you know,
3: the ceiling, I I, I agree with you, Super Bowl champion has to be their ceiling. They're a team that's been in the Super Bowl recently. Everybody, except the quarterback, it seems like, is either back or better um, from the team that did go to the Super Bowl. So, I can see that as the ceiling. The floor, there are just so many unknowns at the quarterback position and it's hammered in all the time that that's the most important position in football. So, you know, Purdy, he, he showed up as Mr. Irrelevant last year and did his thing, but then now he's had major surgery. Don't know what to expect from him. We still don't know what Trey Lance looks like. Sam Darnold has not looked like he's anybody's uh, champion quarterback. So, you know, I, w- I would say the floor, maybe five wins might be too low for me, but four is a floor to me, seven or eight wins.
2: One more.
5: The ceiling is the roof. All right, one more team here. Ceiling is the roof. Looking at the ceiling and the floor of some NFC teams. Carolina Panthers, they kick off here week two of their preseason in about 40 minutes against my New York Giants. Dre, what's the ceiling
3: for the Carolina Panthers, and what's the floor? I mean, in that division, the ceiling for all the teams has to be to win the division, right? Like, um... My One of my best friends is a Saints fan, and he would stab me with a knife for saying that out loud, (laughs) you know, the Saints or or bust. So I expect the Saints to win, but the Panthers, everything goes right for them. Everything goes wrong for the Saints. The Panthers could win that division. They're not going to do nothing in the playoffs. The floor, you know, Mm. it's they're a team that wasn't that good already. They've got a young quarterback that— You know, we hope that he has the physical ability to play in the NFL, but the game could be too fast for him. So, I mean, the floor is the four or five wins and we'll we'll see you next year.
2: The floor is, I think, even lower than that. I think you're being a little a little kind. And and I I think Bryce Young is talented. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's undeserving of the number one overall draft pick. I think the ceiling, yeah, by by virtue of the division being what it is, yeah, the ceiling is a division championship, but maybe at eight wins, yeah. just like last year, just truly, like last year, uh, when, when when Tampa did it. So yeah, that's the ceiling, and I think the floor could be two wins, and mm. they're maybe you know trading that number one overall pick if they believe in Bryce Young, trading it to somebody who wants to be in the Caleb Williams business the
1: That's ceiling it. is the
2: roof always fun to be positive always fun to be negative as well we're going to dive into fantasy football it's almost draft time maybe you're about to have your draft we're going to help you out andre snelling's randy scott and for the guys canty and carlin on espn radio and the espn app
1: passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle Not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com motors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
0: ten seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on Shopify <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be.
1: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
0: Munkin believes you get the best out of your quarterback when he feels empowered. And that's exactly what Munkin has done for Lamar Jackson. Entering his sixth NFL season, Jackson is having more input on the offense than ever before. Having those players look at Lamar Jackson
3: as someone who has input on what they're going to do offensively. He's clearly the most important and best player for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm.
2: Canty mm, and Carlin, ESPN radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM channel 80. My kids love auto tune. They're so into it. They vibe with this so hard. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Andre Snellings. I'm Randy Scott at Professor Driz on Twitter, at Randy Scott ESPN on Twitter. You can join in the conversation. The CC call in line 888 Say ESPN, 888 729 three seven seven six it is time now as it's fantasy football draft time it is time to prepare you for your drafts and help the people out eric take it away
7: all right. Well, at the top of that song there, Randy, it said mm. it's just the right vibe. So it's just the right vibe to talk a little fantasy football here, no, right? No. Okay. Do I give myself yes. an air horn here? The v-
2: <laughs> give myself an air horn? Wait a minute. Wait a Come minute. On. Is that against the rules? Wait a minute. That's like giving yourself a nickname.
7: Come on. Hey, no, I doing? don't do that. I don't do that. He's
2: like E-Train wouldn't do that. Now,
7: moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> E-Money. money right never yeah. does that. <laughs> Easy E? No. <laughs> uh, all right. You heard in the rejoin cool. there, Lamar Jackson is going to have the say in the play calling with the new mm-hmm. he- offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Um, let me just set the stage here, actually, fellas. So this is Fantasy Football Would You Rather. I'm going to give you two names of the same position, ranked relatively near each other, and you're going to tell me which who you'd rather have in Fantasy Football this season. Make sense? Yes. All right. So Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? Randy, I'll start with you. Who would you rather have for Fantasy Football this season?
2: Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow? Give me Lamar. For fantasy football, the threat, the dual threat quarterback stuff, because you could be in a league with a four point passing touchdown. You could be in a league where you need fifty passing yards to get a point. Right, Lamar will still give it to you on the ground. So I'm going to go with Lamar six points of rushing touchdown. He'll run for eight hundred yards pretty easily. Right, you know, even if the system changes a little bit with Todd Munkin. So I'm going to go with Lamar.
3: Yeah, you know I'm, I'm the biggest, biggest Bengals fan there is, but I'm still going with Lamar Jackson for fantasy football quarterback. For all the reasons that Randy just laid out, the running quarterback is so valuable, particularly when the standard league has four-point touchdowns for passing. And so, Joey B., I think he's going to throw a lot of touchdown passes this year. But for fantasy purposes, I'm taking Lamar. All
7: right, and these rankings are, of course, on ESPN.com. Fantasy football, sign up there. Great stuff. Uh, Daniel Dobb, Tristan Cockroft, Eric Caribeau. There's endless names that are going to give you advice on ESPN.com. Sign up for Fantasy Football there. And that's where these rankings are. The next, we're going to go to Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. Who would you rather have? Assuming that Jonathan Taylor is going to play this season. Dre, who would you rather have this season in fantasy?
3: Yeah, that, that last assumption is pretty significant. Um, all all offseason, I've been picking Jonathan Taylor in this particular comparison. But these last few weeks, it just looks like it could get James Harden level ugly in Indianapolis. So I'm going to go with Nick Chubb. He's the safe pick. He was an all pro. He, he, he does his thing. La- he did his thing last year. And though with Taylor, Two years ago he was a monster. There's just too many question marks of, of what his yeah. role is going to be.
2: Yeah, I think even missing the training camp, like training camp for running backs is important to get some, you know, uh familiarity with the offense too, but also with your quarterback. Like mm-hmm. I just have more confidence in Nick Chubb. And I think even if all other things were equal. Like if Jonathan Taylor had taken part in every bit of training camp, mm-hmm. had been in lockstep, rookie quarterback, Game script matters so much. I I feel like the Browns are going to have more leads this season than Indianapolis. And it stands to reason. It's kind of like you you don't hit on 16 when you're playing blackjack. It stands to reason you're going to run the football more when you're trying to protect a lead. Mm -hmm. And game script, I feel like, is going to favor the Browns' total offense, therefore Chubb, than Jonathan Taylor- with Indianapolis you're skeptical a little skeptical
3: like yeah. if I knew Taylor was going to play and and play to his capacity I think that Steichen is going to put that kind of running plus uh, uh, attack in Indianapolis that, that works so well in Philadelphia and he's also got a running quarterback that's going to open up some lanes I think for yeah. for Taylor to run the ball so if I knew he was going to be on the field I would pick him but since I don't I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb all right All
7: right. I like Nick Chubb too. Yeah. That's why they're closer to opening night is the better way to do your drafts. (laughs) Yes. Right? Right? Yes. The callback. All right. Uh, Wide receivers, we're going to go to next, both former Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to go Jerry Judy or Amari Cooper. Randy, who would you rather have this season?
2: Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. I'm going to go with Amari Cooper because we have a full season of Deshaun Watson. This is the best quarterback when he's at his apex, the best quarterback that Amari's played with. Mm -hmm. I I feel safe in saying that. Dak is up and down. Dak was better than Derek Carr. I feel like the ascension is there for Amari. And when these two were, even while Deshaun struggled and even while the Browns struggled late in the season, for. Cooper, the production was there. I feel safer with Cooper.
3: Yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100% because not only are they both former Alabama quarter I mean, uh, wide receivers, mm-hmm. but they're both dealing with a quarterback that's trying to bounce back from a down season a year ago. Um, Jerry Judy dealing with, with Russell Wilson. I'm more confident that Deshaun Watson will get closer to what he can be than I am that Russell Wilson will get closer to where he can be. And so I am. And, and plus, we've seen. Um, You know, Jerry Judy, he's been like the potential guy for a long time. I'm just not sure that he reaches it this year. So I'll go with Amari Cooper.
7: All right, this is going to be a brother's edition here. Who who would you rather have this season with (laughs) Dalvin Cook now signing with the Jets? Dre, Dalvin Cook, or James Cook? I'm going with Dalvin Cook.
3: You know, I I know that he could be in a running back kind of platoon, and and I feel all of that, but he's been – one of the most productive running backs we've seen in the NFL for four years. And with Aaron Rodgers drawing a lot of attention, he should have running lanes when he's on the field. If the offensive line can block anybody, his little brother is explosive, but I just don't trust the, the Buffalo bills run game to not, for anybody except Josh Allen. So I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook.
2: I feel like the two safe things for the Buffalo offense are Stephon Diggs and, and Josh Allen, to be sure, right? Yeah. You look at the ground game, there's been such promise. I mean, going back to like C.J. Spiller, it just seems like that's where running back production goes to die from a fantasy football standpoint. Yeah. So we're looking at guys like James Cook and Damian Harris, watch him eat into it. You know, they brought him there mm-hmm. for a reason, like you said. So I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. That's it. That's a wrap. That's oh, a wrap. I love it. I'm so ready for uh, right. fantasy football. Yeah. I'm <laughs> going to be in like six leagues. All right, play ESPN Fantasy Football, the number one fantasy game in the U.S., the number one fantasy app in the world. It's completely free, and it's easier than ever to join. Sign up at ESPN.com FFL or in the ESPN Fantasy app. We're going to make you some money when we come back. Play the night plus three and out to play us out. Andre Snellings, Randy Scott, it's Canty and Carl in ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET first bet offer for new customers only subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel
7: we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there
1: Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste
6: of
0: money.
2: Time to make the people some money on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Andre Snellings is here I'm Randy Scott. We're going to make the people money together. You have a play of the night as well. I do. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go first. I'll get the losing one out of the way. Uh, and then you go. <laughs> now I, you're on the streak. <laughs> I was. I was doing okay. I was doing okay. Um, I won three in a row, and now I've lost a couple in a row. That's fine. And mm. these are parlays now. And you're like, aren't parlays a sucker bet? And to that I say pipe down. So I've got uh, – I wanted the Reds' uh, run line, as a matter of fact. I feel like they're going to jump over Jose uh, Barrios or Barrios, rather. Uh, it's already started. It's off the board. Fine. So I'm going to go five games today. We're going to go the total in the Dodgers-Marlins game, under 8.5. Sandy Alcantara is uh, Alcantara, excuse me, is pitching for Miami. He's been throwing well. I'm not saying they beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers won 11 straight games for a reason, but I still think it's a low-scoring game. I think the Phillies' money line against the Nationals. Michael Lorenzen's not going to no-hit the Nats again. But he might go seven strong. The Nats aren't good, despite the ten runs they put on the Red Sox. I'm going to go the Atlanta Braves money line. Spencer Strider throwing against the Giants. Have to go cross country. Uh, I'm going to go. Let's see here. Was that it? Uh, oh, Baltimore sending Kyle Gibson against the A's. Bothers me a little bit that it's in Oakland, but it's a, a it's a minus one ninety out in Oakland. Probably because it's a road game. If that game's in Baltimore, you're probably looking at minus three hundred. And then I will take the Red Sox money line. Brian Bayo. Uh, The Sox have been scoring. I think they'll continue to do that. The Yankee bats uh, have been kind of quiet of late. So that's what I'm going with. It pays out at plus 1086. That's what's up. And that's a five-legger. All right, go ahead. All
3: right. Well, my man set the bar. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go to the WNBA. And I'm going to take the Washington Mystics minus five and a half over the Indiana Fever. Um, The Mystics are looking to get their superstar Elena Deladon, back tonight. She's listed as probable for the first time after being out for quite a long time. And so they actually might have their main starting five again because Shakira Austin was out as well. The Indiana Fever have the worst home record in the WNBA. They only have three wins at home all season long. I'm looking for the Mystics to come out hype and win this one. So I'm going Mystics minus five and a
7: half. Mystics minus five and a half. Okay, Eric, you have a play. Oh, I have... Plenty of plays here for okay. UFC 292, Saturday night, 10 p.m., ESPN Plus, pay-per-view. Tune in in Boston. <laughs> uh, O'Malley and uh, Algermaine Sterling is the main event. Uh, I'm going to give you my parlay, my best play of the weekend before I go into three fights that I really want to point out for, for the people. Uh, the play of the weekend for UFC 292 for me is Marlon Vera, actually the only person to beat Sean O'Malley, who's in the main event. Uh, I have him. Violent Obama Gregory Rodriguez Google him I'm sorry his name is what? Violent, violent Obama, Obama. That's it. what he He looks like Obama But you know there's violent He had a Please. nasty cut One fight I mean yes Just no. look up pictures Of Gregory Rodriguez mm-hmm. You will see that And then Mario Bautista He's uh, Demond Blackshear Stepping up on short notice So those parlayed together Is plus 185 That's your play Okay Of the weekend okay. if, you're, if you're looking To make some money
2: This guy's name is, Vi- is Rodriguez And he's Violent Obama Well that's
7: his nickname <laughs> Yeah 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 Okay Okay I'm just making sure God, Randy, would say.
3: Randy's face. Like, um, you want to say that again? I'm um, just. I have. I have one, presidential. One more time, he also looks like Robocop too. I mean, uh,
2: I'm good at pardon? impressions once they leave office, but I've. Ne- I haven't gotten an Obama one down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, like yeah. G W Bush. He's good for America. Yeah. He's good for freedom, and he's know? doing the hands with it too. Like, this is a full on impression. Like, this is audio and visual. Uh, I think it's good what we're doing. You know, like I can get some of those, but mm-hmm. but I, I haven't I haven't gotten the Obama yet. Maybe I need to you know be more violent. Okay, right, just
7: want to mention three more three more yeah. things real quick yeah the return of Chris Weidman the former middleweight champ beat Anderson Silva twice one of the greatest of oh. all time so he's yeah. returning after a gruesome leg injury from two years ago I remember and that. that's a free fight on ESPN plus so make sure to tune into that one I like that value at yeah. plus 210 returning against Brad Tavares the co-main Zhang Wei Li versus Amanda Lemos for the strawweight title Zhang Wei Li one of the best 115 115 pounders we've seen yes she is. so minus 320 I'm, t- I'm gonna take her the main event I'm not gonna bet because I just want to enjoy it but if I had to I'm kind of liking Sean O'Malley plus 200 going with the sugar show I'm going with the sugar show I'm going against my instincts because I think when he steps up to the plate he's he's there for the big moment Al cuts a lot of weight he's already going to a weight class up now he should beat Sean O'Malley. Like, everything in my mind is saying pick O'Malley, but O'Malley's going to step up in the big event. That's my predictions. Thank you for giving me your time. He's yeah. step,
5: up, step up to the plate, so could he hit a home run off of Little League pitching?
7: Ah, that oh. is the question. Oh, that is the question.
2: O'Malley! Okay, <laughs> alright, so you think you could hit three home runs, or is it two home runs in No, I said three? I'd go three for four and, and, and
7: yeah. probably pop one over a little uh, the fence for a Little League pitcher, I guess a Little League pitcher, yeah.
2: Okay, okay, and...
3: Your, your I, answer to that. I'm keeping it real. I haven't swung a bat since the 90s, so I'm going man. 0 for 4. If, okay. if, like you said, if I make contact with my eyes closed, then I might hit
2: one, but, uh-huh. you know. That's the thing. <laughs> with grown man strength, you'd be able to. So uh, I played with the Savannah Bananas on Monday at Hartford. They were at Dunkin' Donuts Park. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him. Check him out on TikTok. Seven and a half million followers. They're nuts. It's so much fun. So much fun. That piece airs tomorrow. Myself and Gary Streisky, Uh Actually, he played for the Bananas. I played for the Party Animals. That's tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on SportsCenter on ESPN. Dre, it's been a lot of fun. Eric, Shannon, we appreciate this. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Up next, it's Joe and Amber.
1: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.